Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Since she's just said something nice, I'm going to go ahead and say nice things for her. <laughs> we were just laughing because as I was walking up here, I was kind of brushing my tuff back. And I said, I've developed a tuff over the last few years. And I said, now, the tuff is a little spot of hair that's here. Now, it's not that that spot has just appeared. It's that bald spots are beginning to appear on both sides of it, which make it look like a little tuft. So I have a little tuft. So I thought, well, I should probably try to brush that tuft back in place. Ben's not going to be allowing the whole world to see this. And uh, she said something kind. We didn't notice. So. <laughs> so what are you talking on today? Counting your blessings. Counting the cost. Yeah, I know. I didn't do that. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for the privilege to speak to your people. And we ask for your anointing upon our wonderful prophet Sunhi. And you would help her to say the right things and not say the wrong things. And help us to understand in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I need that. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody? Good. Boy, I, I was speeding on jealous this morning. Run, run, run. <clears throat> but I am here, right? Okay, praise the Lord. You know, um, I like to get things prepared. Prepare, prepare, prepare. But every time I'm ready to do this, I'm not. <laughs> but I would say this, Holy Spirit always, always, always never fail to show up. Yes, so I can count on him. Yes, that's what I, when I can prepare, I have a limitation. Holy Spirit don't have a limitation. Yes, so when you, we know that, then we're comfort by him, right? So this morning we're going to talk about counting the cost. Counting the cost. So uh, we're going to talk about the Luke fourteen twenty five thirty three. So, how do we count the cost? In advance, when we don't know what the cost will be in advance. So, such as, if you're gonna move from Iowa to Texas. So, how are we gonna count the cost? What is the distance? Where are we going? And what is that place going to be? How long do we have to drive? What do we need to pack? What kind of truck do we have to get? Who's going to help us? What do we need to do? Sell our properties and all that kind of stuff, right? We always count the cost. It don't matter what it is. We always do. You count the cost when you go to a grocery store. Okay? So nowadays, you can go into internet and you click and you order. You will still have to count the cost. You have to spend time doing that, right? So we're going to talk about counting the cost by the Jesus Christ, what he's saying to us, okay? So there's a spiritual thing and there's a natural thing we have to do. He does supernatural, we do the natural. So Luke 14, 25, and there went great multitude with him, which is Jesus, and he turned and said unto them, who? To them. Those, all those people following him from everywhere because he was pretty famous. 26, if any man 
come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and the children and brethren and sisters, yea, and he, his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. And whosoever do not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You know, a lot of times we just read through this. We just read through, oh, yeah, Lord, yeah, I know that verse. I read it many times. We're going to kind of look at this a little bit more deeper this, this morning. So, and there's a great multitude came with him, came with him. And following him, did everybody in that crowd have a right motive to follow him? No, they are counting their cost. Okay, why? Some people are sick, they want to get healed. Some people, they want to be just around him because he's so famous. Yeah, that too. Yeah, they want to benefit. Yeah, they, they, they didn't just follow him because they just loved him. They followed him so they can gain something from him. Whatever that motive is, Jesus already knew it. Would he know motive in our hearts, our conducts, even before we even think it, he already knows it. He's almighty God. He's never changed. He's same yesterday, today, forever. He's the only one can see you through all the way deep inside. So all those multitude people, thousands and thousands of people, he see it. He see it. He know it. So, he don't need to go around with all these thousands of people following him. So, he wants to kind of weed some of them out. So, he's giving them some counter cost. This is what it's going to take for you to follow me. If you're going to be hanging around with me, this is the one. This is what you have to do. So, stop now and count your cost. At that time, he wasn't riding automobile. He wasn't flying. He was walking. Just the walking alone, well, I have to count the cost for me. Really? I have to walk all those miles and miles and with sandals and hot and, ooh, okay. So basically he's saying all these people who's following you, following him, don't have a right motive. So I want you to stop right now, count the cost. And this is the things I want you to think about. Okay? So, any man, he said, any man. There's no status difference. Any man, that's a qualification. So this is the condition. You have to hate your mother, father, wife, children, brethren, sister, and even bear your cross, his cross. So how do you count the cost? Depends on what you want. What do you want? What do you want in life? What do you want with Christ Jesus? Are we just, since we were born again now, we all know we are born again. So we're just going to go along. Whatever happens in front of us, we're just going to go along and say, I'm Christian. I'm born again. 
But that's not what Jesus wants from us. Yes, yes, yes. So he said, which of you, Bill, want to build tower? Sit it not down first and count the cost. Well, Lou and I would build a few houses because we wanted to make a few extra money. So we looked into it, which is take time. So we, okay, we knew that. So that cost us something, right? Then we, we found out what it needs to build the house. There's a long-term loan for personal loan, or you have the loan it called, what was that loan? Construction loan. Okay, those are short term. So what we did is we look, we found the builder for the house. So he meant we had to sit down and we had to count the cost. What kind of price range we're gonna build? And how much are we gonna sell to, sell for? And how much are we gonna split with him? Yeah, he's gonna do the, all the building but we're gonna cough up the money, okay? So then when we went to bank, bank had countdown also. So we had to come up with down payment of that amount. Then rest of them, they will do the construction loan. Then we had to pay that in short term. So the condition is we sell the house. If it's 350,000, okay, we probably borrow about 260, thousand somewhere there then after we built then we pay whatever whatever you know closing costs and all this stuff then whatever left over we have to split with the builder okay is that worth it that all depends so we have to sit and count the cost what neighborhood what kind of land do we have to buy what is the city uh, require how many, how much acre we have to have and all that kind of stuff. So it, everything we do, we count the cost. You order for this morning to you to come here, you have to count the time, which I was a little running behind. Life itself is counting. We always count, we always calculate. If you don't wanna do that, you might as well stay in bed. Don't get up, ask the Lord to take you home. Because it's not worth it if you don't wanna count anything. So we'll go back to which, which of you, if you're gonna build, you're gonna do something, you're gonna count the cost. Time, money, effort, whatever. Listen, happily after he had to lay the foundation and is not able to finish it, which we don't wanna do that, right? All that behold is be, uh, being, and then everybody else is gonna mock you. Well, they will say something, you lost something in your brain, right? because you, you didn't calculate it, you didn't count the cost right. So you build a foundation, you cannot build the rest of them. Then the foundation sits, okay? Also, that's not what he's talking about, but it's just thought curse to me when we are born again, and that's the foundation of walking with Lord Jesus Christ, but we stay there. We don't grow, we don't build the rest of the house. Okay, that's, he don't want us to just drink milk. He doesn't want us to just stay in, just have a foundation of the Jesus Christ come into my life, I'm born again, my name is written in the book of life. But that's not all. 
work begins after that. But most of us are satisfied with that, just that. So we're going to have to do some more through the Holy Spirit because we cannot make it happen on our own way and our own power. So that's extra. That wasn't on my teaching list. <laughs> so this man began to build and was not able to finish, which we don't want to do that. God already set the mark before each one of us. Not as husband and wife, but individually. So, Barb, you have your own mark. You have to run. You have to lose. We all do. Leslie and Pastor Stan don't have the same mark. Maybe on the way, but they have to finish their own mark. So we have to count the cost. What it's going to take. He already laid down. You have to hate your mother, father. Is that really what he meant? Nearly hate him? If you have to hate him, you might have to. Not in that sense, but that's what he's saying. So here's counting the cost. I think I kind of, okay, that's what happened. Okay, so, oh, I thought, did I move something? Okay. <laughs> what? Or what king's going to make war against other king? Sit it not down first and, and consult, and whether he be able to, let's see, whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that come against him with 20,000. That kind of reminds me of Gideon. Okay, we, winning people out, right? Or else, whether the other is yet great way off, he send his ML. A message and and this desire condition of a peace. So if you figure it out, you're counting the cost if you can win or not. So if you think you don't have enough your army power, your military power, and you not not enough for strategy, then you might as well make a peace with them because you're all gonna die. Oh, you're all gonna die. So that's a, that's kind of things you're gonna have to count. If you're gonna lose, why do it? Except Jesus, with Jesus, we're not going to lose. We might go through some things, but we're not going to lose. We're going to win. You know why? Because he already finished. It's already done in the realm of a spirit. We're going to have to just walk through either that is good or bad. And, and usually it comes with the turmoil, right? Okay. So when you already know that, there's no problem. And he already told us what condition. So if we know that, why why we bother by? So here he is saying, peace. Here's a fire. Okay. Come on. I don't want to fight with you. Okay. A lot of people lay down to the devil. So here we are, 1433. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all that he had, he cannot be my disciple. So he already told us, your family and everything else. Now he's saying all of it. 
all of it. Whatever he did not put it in there, all counts all. Basically, he said, your life, your family, your pleasure, your job, whatever. If it had to be choosing either Jesus or my job, Jesus or my family, Jesus, my comfort, whatever, you have to abandon that. Give it to him. Is that easy? So take some time right now for a few minutes. Check your heart. Where are you? Counting the cost. Where are you? He knows. You know. Sometimes we think we know. Till we meet that challenge. Then you see a lot of people running away. Have, always have a good excuse. Always do. I had many. I know. All. It's, you know, our life is not belong to us anyway. He bought with the price, he said. It's not your own, but we think it's ours. Yeah. We say, Holy Spirit, lead us every day, every step the way. And you confess that, but yet you control your own. You calculate. I do too. This message really is for me to re-examine my heart and my motive and, and find out where I'm at. We, one thing though, I mean, this is not to just down everybody. Okay, this to just examine our heart, what it's going to take and I want all of us to know we are working progress. We're on the construction, right? We'll be okay once we get home. But in the meantime, we are running towards the mark he set before us. And, and greatest enemy is our own self. We always say that devil, yes, yes. But he cannot touch us unless we let him, unless we have open door. Yes, even a generational curse cannot just jump on you, tell you open the door. And he's very good at leading you into opening that door, but he cannot just jump on you. So if, if a, a demonic uh, person who is possessed comes near you, you don't need to be scared unless you have doors open. Then they can jump to you. Otherwise, you don't know no fear. Okay? That's not what Sunni says. That's what the Bible says. Okay. So Lord said, join me on the way to cross. He said, join me at the cross. No, he said, on the way to cross. So our journey is on a way with Christ with our cross on our back. In the Roman time, at Jesus' time, he said that in that time frame. What he's saying is carry your own cross. People who carry your own cross, it was they were going to get killed. Those are the criminal, the Roman, they capture you and then they're gonna put you through the cross. They're gonna execute you. That's the, those kind of criminal is the only one carry their own cross. 
right? Yeah, so he said that, you know, the, the walking narrow gate and, and, and carry your own cross. That's what he said, right? So we just listen and go, yeah, I'm carrying my cross every day, which we do in a sense, but that's not what he meant. Is to get ready, if you have to, to carry own cross to the execution place. That's what he's saying. Think about it. So he said, join me on the way to cross. And what happens on the way to cross? People watching you, mocking you. Isn't that what happened? Jesus Somebody else came along, finally carried for him. Right? I wonder what happened to his life. The person who carried cross for Jesus. His life had never been sin. If you had an encounter with Jesus, your life has never been the same. Malcolm, the Peter who cut the ear off, you talked about. You think his life never changed? No, he changed. Once you have encountered one way to another with Jesus, your life never be the same. Never. Never. And those people are the one will be willing to carry that cross. And a lot of time at the beginning, you don't know what that means. But we're finding out. I'm finding out. Going away. I'm carrying my cross, the tiny bit, and I'm struggling with it. And I'm still walking towards what cross, what Jesus walked. I don't know where I'm at, but I am going that way. But it, it's not easy. And constantly fighting with myself, my flesh, my flesh. So he said to all of us, join me on the way to cross. It's not easy. It's heavy. It's hot. And many people will not be happy with you. And many people will not put you up. They will mock you one way to another. They might even talk behind your back. They might smile at you in front of your face, but they might not after they turn around, okay? So, do we gonna please God or we gonna please man, myself? He's requiring highest price. Isn't he a gentleman? He don't have to ask us. We already belong to him. He can just take it if he want. Yeah? He give life, he take it. Yeah? yeah. He tear down and he rebuild. Salvation is free. But discipleship will cost you life. Do we need a discipleship? If we don't need it, Jesus will not have a disciple. And this church, we have a discipleship. We have a training and equipment. Some of you 
want really bad. Some of you never even thought about. That's okay. But eventually we have to. Because we don't want to just drink milk. We don't. He doesn't want us to. I mean, you have children and grandchildren. You want your baby be baby rest of their life? Rest your life? Just drink milk? Mama, mama, mama. Is that what you want? No. You want them to grow up. Grow up strong. Especially grow up strong in the Lord, right? Yeah. You don't want just them drinking milk. You want to give them all, all the things, nutrient, every care, everything, so they can grow strong and nurture and be loved and be effective in the world eventually, right? Same way, Jesus, that's what he wants. But what he's saying is, I've given you gift. I've given you power, ability. I've given you all the things you need already and in the realm of spirit is already finished god sees he's sitting front of he's sitting in his throne no one can go close to him and those angels go round and round and say holy 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 don't you think they know what else to say it they, they can say other stuff i mean they know the different language not just the holy but every time they step and say holy, there's more revelation of holiness comes. Not a whole, so that's the only thing they can say because every time they say holy, another thing comes in, oh, they're just in awe. There's not, they cannot say anything but the holy. That's why they say holy, holy, holy. Yeah, not because they don't know how to other say other languages here. That's how big he is. And I was kind of thinking about this, praying about this, and I'm just going, wow. So this teaching, it helped me. It's made me think, how much do I know about God? We all know about God in one way or another. How much we experience God? How much encounter how much are we know about and relationship with him? A lot of us, we know about him, but how deep? I guess as close to the relationship you can kind of compare with the mama and the baby and daddy. Can't take the daddy out, right? And husband and wife. That depends on what kind of marriage you have, too. But I say closest, the affection, the intimacy, is that baby and mom and dad. I think it's more mom than dad because they birth them. That's the only reason I'm saying mom. But dad, without you, there's no baby anyway. Right? So you will cost your life. Got to begin somewhere. Oops. Yep. Yep. He couldn't build right way because he's short. 
So let's talk about equipping the saints. So now I lay down everything we need to know. Our life belongs to Jesus. When he say, when he called all of us to him, he said, laid everything down. All of them. Your mother, father, your wife, children, your wealth, your name, your fame, your dreams, whatever. All of it. But we've got to start somewhere. So we've got to have a plan. We've got to count the cost. Order for us to walk through, run our race. The mark God has set for you and me. That we've got to have planned. So we've got to sit down. We've got to think about it. And we've got to write it down if that's what you need to do. And are you willing? How much are you willing? Where are you going to draw a line? Where am I soon is going to draw a line? At my age now, there's no turning back. <laughs> no turning back. Lord, I, let me play a little bit, then I come to you. Is out, out of question in my life now. How about yours? Some of you are a lot younger than me. I hear some people say, Sunni, I just want to kind of play a little bit. I just want to do my, what I want to do, then I'll come to him later. Yeah. I hear that. Mm -hmm. I hear that. Well, why don't you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Well, well, because um, I can't. I don't want to do all that stuff because there's things I still want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said to follow you. Accepting Christ doesn't mean you have to stop living. You live better. But they don't get it. Okay. So we're going to talk about equipping the saint. Do the works, work, works of the ministry. This is the reason why we have to be trained. And this is why the leadership have to train. You know, Ephesians 4.11 talks about the apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and teachers, and preachers. And reason Lord put them in the office not because they're so awesome. Lord put them there. He chose them in his, his ultimate choosing. And whatever the reason he chose, okay, that's in his own. Not because the, the apostles and prophets and everybody else are so awesome than you. That's not it. He chose whoever he want to choose. And he put that gift in them to build his kingdom. Build his people. Build his church. Okay? There is order in a church. There is a leadership. There is different anointing. So we cannot just ignore that. Hey, buddy. You come to the pastor and say, hey, buddy. It's all good in a sense. But you got to have some respect for your leadership. Okay? It's out of order. Sometimes. And sometimes they will challenge you. People will challenge in a, in a bad way. Bad way. There's no respect, which is that shouldn't be either. If you could be respectful friend, I mean your friend, your best friend doesn't mean you get to say whatever and act whatever. You love them, you respect them, you treat them the way they are. 
But you don't just, you know, you can joke around, yes, but you don't want to do that. Some people abuse the friend, so-called friend, and that's not friend. So do the work of a ministry. This is the reason. So think about it. Think about it right now. And the people on online and here and me, it's questioning time. After what you heard, you already heard all this before. We're just kind of dissecting a little bit here. You know, we're just going to come to Jesus and we're just going to come for functions and we're just going to do this. Then my calculation, my cost is always about me, myself, and I. Always is. Including me. I'm talking about me. Uh, really, this teaching, I'm still, as I'm teaching, I'm still thinking. And, and uh, I don't want any, I don't want to offend anybody, okay? I, I, I just want to talk about this because it's in my heart. And I thought about, why, why did Jesus say that? We are all followers of Jesus Christ. So why are you saying this? So that was, that's been in my heart before. So I thought, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about this. Okay? And I was supposed to carry our own cross. We're supposed to journey with him, carrying my own cross. So if, if uh, anybody don't like it, then... That will be part of my cross, right? Mock me. Okay. So count the cost. This morning, count the cost. Why are you here? Why you chose Spiritual Prophecy Church? Why you chose Journey with Jesus? Your name is written in Book of Life, so why do you have to do what you do? You love towards other people is that genuine or you just acting out you gotta practice to make it perfect right so it's good to practice but it's, it's really it's good to check our heart everything where is a motive is that for other is that for me is that for my face is that for my honor is for my reputation what is it? You know. I know. Why, why, do, why do you want, okay, when people come to church, if a pastors don't come shake their hands and, and, and spend time with them, they never come back. I wonder why. A pastor God? Did you come to church to look for God or you look for pastors? Do you go to different churches visiting to see what kind of benefit you get? Or you go there, there's two things, an individual walking with the Lord. There's a season and time you go to church or, you know, either, either visiting church or whatever, okay? And it's good to go visit. But there's a time and season for you to sit and receive. There's time and season for you to give and serve. Tell Lord moves you in a different level. 
I didn't say different church. I said different level. Then maybe you get to sit, receive some more than other people can serve. But most of people go to see what can I get out of it. Yes. It's wrong motive, wrong thinking. If you, if you walked into church, you hear the teaching and whatever, oh, I already know all that stuff. Okay. So your level is a little bit higher than what they're teaching. Wow, that's great. You know what? You can be a server. You can be serving. You can, you can edify other people. You can do all that stuff. Yes. You're really talking to my heart here. So let me just say, I, I just remember the time when this was a long time before I ever thought of ever being in the ministry. Leslie and I were visiting churches. You need to turn me down a little bit. I know I'm sitting right in front of the speaker and you can't get that right. So Leslie and I were visiting churches. Um, at, the, at that time, I mean, we, it'd been probably, I don't know, five, seven, maybe even 10 years since we'd even been to church. But I remember I was one, I said, we need to start going to church. So we started visiting churches. And I remember getting out under the parking lot. I remember the parking lot was unpaved. It was just these little kind of like white dirt, white, white rocks. Of course, being raised in church, I still dressed up. I put on my, my suit, my coat. I remember as I was pulling on my coat, I was walking in. Leslie was ahead of me, of course. And uh, I just prayed under my breath an incorrect prayer. Now that's the big question. What do we pray when we're walking into a church thinking about joining that church? That's a real big question. What is the correct attitude? What's the correct prayer? What are we really looking for in a church? And I could talk a long time about the things, the do's and the do nots and the things you accept and things you don't accept. I mean, maybe that needs to be a sermon sometime, but I prayed the wrong prayer. I said, Lord, Show us the church that you want us to go to. What? That's a wrong prayer? Yeah. Because what I should have been praying is, Lord, show us the church you want us to go to where we can build the church and the church can build us. Because truth is, it's this, this. It's a two-way street, okay? Yes. If we go into the church saying, me, myself, and I, what can you do for me? That's the problem. If we walk in with this, I'm so good, see if you can impress me, wrong attitude. But if we walk in saying, and by the way, the right church might not necessarily be a very loving church. The right church might not have the pastor come and meet you and greet you, you might not be made to feel very welcome. Though it should happen. But I'm saying it might, the right church might not happen. Instead, when, when we walk in, we need to be saying, Lord, where's a place where I can put down my roots, where I can help that church grow, but also that church can help me grow in the Lord. Amen. And sometimes... 
there's some things in us that need to change, especially me at the time. Been years since I've been going to a church, and I think I'm going to be able to choose the right one, really. I mean, to be able to choose whether they're doing it right or wrong. I was, I was a babe in Christ, even though having grown up in church, because the church I'd grown up in, guess what? Had not nurtured me. And issues said, trained us, uh, equipped us. Now, probably if you were to talk to some of the church, people in the church, they would probably say, oh, yes, we did. You just weren't paying attention, and there might be some of that truth. <laughs> just being honest about it. But I'm saying when we go into a church, we need to be asking ourselves, what can we do to help the church, but also what can we get from the church? It's a two-way street. This is it what is. it is, right? It is. Yeah? It really is. So it's, it's our, our hearts. It's, it is what's in our heart, not what's in our pocket. What's, what's in our heart? What is our motive? Church is the body of Christ. The head of the church is Christ Jesus himself. So we are the body. So you need to definitely be connected, which I talked about this before. So if you're not connected to church, you're not putting your root down in the church, local church, then you are body part floating around. You're not a body. You are body part. And God is a corporate anointing comes into the church, body of Christ gathered. That's where he shows up. He shows up individually in your prayer closet and your life in different way. But the, the kingdom anointing comes in. And when body of Christ come together to worship, teach hymns, build each other, that's the when that anointing of a corporate powerful anointing comes in. God is in order. So you think, I want a gift. I want all this thing, and you just want to go do your own thing. It's not going to happen. You will fail. You will fail. Because God will not ordain that. Because you don't submit to nobody. Okay, that's enough. Anything easily gotten is uh, seldom desirable, right? So if you get things easy, you don't, tr you don't treasure that. Yeah, you don't treasure that. that isn't that why the, I remember when we were young, when I was really young, you know, if for uh, girls, my mom told me, if for uh, girls too easy for boys, that doesn't work. Yeah. So you don't do what they want you to do. You just be the proper girls and, and let them chase you till right time, which is marriage, right? Yeah. So if you get, you are easy, then easy come, easy go. It is. So, okay. Did I make a point? <laughs> okay, it's Luke 12, 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So that's why I talk, talk what's in your heart. So we all believer. And if it's non-believers watching, you need to come in. And, and be a mover and shaker in the kingdom. That's what God wants. Yeah. So, so order to be all the desire of your heart. What's in your heart? 
I can kind of say some of the things. You want what God, all God has for you. And you want that anointing. You want that gift. You want all that. You want to be in the ministry. You want to be in the pulpit. You want to teach and you want to train. You want all that. That's what God wants too. But he's not going to give you a Corvette when you are eight because you want it. It's there. He's willing to give you that in right time. But you have to grow up. Jesus, when Mary and that everybody went to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, Jesus was 12 years old. He went with them. But on the way back, he wasn't there. So a day later, Mary found out, oh, where is Jesus? Nowhere to find. So they have to journey back to Jerusalem and find him in synagogue and talking with the teachers. And everybody was shocked. But Mary did not say, oh, Jesus the Messiah. You're doing the God's work. She didn't say, get over here. It's not your time. What are you doing here? Let's go home. So she took him home. And he obeyed her and came home. She, she, he said, well, don't you know I must be in the business, my God's business building, you know. Gil King, that's a Sunni way saying it. But so he went home and the Bible say he grew from there in the wisdom. He grew from knowledge. He grew up in the Lord. Then when it's right timing, he got baptized with the Holy Spirit, water baptism at all one time. Then God put him in the fasting 40 days and took him out to the wilderness to do the greatest battle for the season. To launch him out for ministry is that before him. So you want to talk about at the Gethsemane? Yeah, we hear and we read about the Bible. He, it was so bad, so hard, and his sweat almost came like blood. So I thought about, okay, how can I pray and my sweat will turn into blood? I thought about it. I'm honestly, I tell you, I thought about it. Oh, Sunni, how could you do that? Do I need to go in 40-day fast, water fast? I haven't done that yet. I like to one of these days getting a little bit older, but you know what? You put everything down, right? All cost. So the reason it was his shoulder, it was everybody else's burden. Everybody else's sin was up on him. So his death was different from anybody else. That's why. So we cannot compare with us. I just want to mention that. No comparison. So I'm going to just kind of go through because I'm kind of running out of time. So to just know the kingdom of heaven is worth of giving everything. Treasure hide in the field, which is when man found it, he hide and for joy thereof go and sell everything he had and buy that fuel. What is that? That's our journey with Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just the name. 
is not just the name written in book of life. The Satan come to steal, kill, destroy. Jesus come to give you life, life more abundantly. He wants you to live a good life here in his way. In his way, not your way. Anointing. Okay, so anointing. I, I think we're going to have to talk about this later. Huh? Yeah. So anointing, I was going to talk about anointing. Ooh, everybody loves anointing, so this is a little bit better, but that's okay. I will say, anointing will carry you through whatever the next journey you, he has for you. Then when it's time for full anointing, okay, so let's just talk about this and then I will end it. So David was anointed by Samuel. Nobody ever expected him to be anointed by Samuel. But he was anointed, but he wasn't pointed till later. He was anointed, but he wasn't appointed by God yet. Till many, many years later. So you, we all have our own measure of anointing. But when it's time come, if you're faithful and stop being selfish calculation, and, and you, your flesh control you, then there is a time Lord will point you, appoint you for your calling and your assignment. So till then, be faithful and honor your leadership. When you do that, you honor Jesus. Everything in order, decently in order. Respect each other, love each other, but don't quit. Don't quit. No negotiation whatsoever with yourself or with your family, with your pastor, nothing. You say yes to Jesus and that carrying your cross. Morning. Welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. Yes, we have a new praise and worship leader this morning, as you can see. She has her microphone and her bells, and she's ready to praise the Lord. See? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> thank you. Say thank you, Uncle Brandon. You want to take those? She's like, what? Anyway, this is Paris for all those that have been praying for her. Um, Leslie Ann is out of town, her family, the other part of the family. So we get to have her for a whole week, and it's been a lot of, lot of fun. We've enjoyed it. So yeah, this is Paris for all those, it is, for all those that have been um, praying for her. Um, she's 13 pounds now, year and a month old, and 13 months old, and so she looks great, doesn't she? Very alert, very strong, so strong that yesterday she was climbing over a chair in her little corral I had her in. I put a little chair in there so she could, you know, pull herself up and stand. No, I went to go get a coffee, came back, and she was up on the ledge of the chair, <laughs> about to crawl over. Oops, did I just say that? Where Leslie Ann will see what I just said. But she was fine. Anyway, I'll hand her off. Make a few quick announcements. Anyway, welcome to Spirit of Prophets Church. For those here in the church and also those that are online watching, we love having you join us. I encourage you to click on where it says membership and become a member of Spirit Prophecy Church Prophecy Club. 
um, whether you're here in the in the church or whether you're online. Um, that's just, you're saying that you agree with our message that we have that God's given us to to share. Um, quick announcements. On September 6th, 7th, and 8th is when the watch, go to watchmanstower.com or prophecyclub.com and sign up for the Watchman's Tower. That's the, the fasting and prayer thing we're going to do for the nation. It'll be September 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, starts around 7.42, something like that. We'll probably start praise and worship around 7. So I encourage you to come to that September 6th, 7th, and 8th. So go to watchmanstrumpet.com, sign up. It's only $25 donation to come. Um, we want as many that will come and stand with us, lock arms together, blow shofars if you have a shofar at the, the appropriate times because that's a declaration of war. So there will be certain times that Apostle Stan will guide and direct you to do that. Do what? Oh. <laughs> anyway, so a couple of them there. We are not doing Bible study right now because uh, it's summertime and we'll wait till probably the Friday after the... Uh, Watchman's Trumpet, this is the Solemn September Assembly. Sometimes that's hard to say. Solemn September Assembly, and we will do that um, probably September the 10th, I think it will be. That's when Bible study will start back up, and you can join us then. And then um, other quick announcements. I think that's that's about it. Anyway, so glad that, that you're here. Let's stand. Let's pray. We'll get our service going this morning. <laughs> couple of prayer requests. We do need to pray for Priscilla. She has surgery tomorrow and she just needs to, to pray that that her that you know that because of the, her other situation, health issues, that she's a little concerned about the lungs. She's we don't want her to be walking in fear going into this and that they'll have wisdom from God to know what to do. So Priscilla, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up we just lift up the holy name of Jesus. It'll come in and just touch you right now to do that miracle in your body. And, Lord, we just declare, should she have to have this surgery tomorrow, that you will guide and direct the hands. And, Lord, we guess that you give her peace, the peace that passes all understanding. We command that spirit of fear to get out of her right now in Jesus' name. We command all the kidney stones to dissolve completely right now in Jesus' name. We command all the pain to leave her body right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We declare that she's healed. We thank you that she's having a miracle take place today. And Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory for that. And then, Lord, I also lift up Bill Palmer right now in the name of Jesus. He's in the hospital. And Lord, we just cancel pancreatitis right now in Jesus' name. We cancel all pain. All of it to go now in Jesus' name. And you evil spirit that's causing this in his body, we command you to leave now. Go and not come back in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you just build up the strength in his body. Lord, we ask that you uh, give them wisdom. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that he'll have a miracle of walking out of that hospital today. And Lord, again, we give you praise and honor and glory. Lord, I ask that you anoint this praise and worship service today. Anoint this praise and worship service above all. Above more than any others, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we can ask. We can ask what your will is. And your will is for us to praise you, to worship you with our whole being. So we ask that you anoint this praise and worship service more than any others that are being shown now on the internet. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
bless Leslie Ann and her family as they're traveling. Give them traveling mercies. Give them time to relax and rest and recoup and, and just, just join and be bonded together even more. Give me the strength to take care of Paris. <laughs> Lord, we love you. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Do you want this praise and worship service to be anointed this morning? Amen, amen, amen. That depends on you. That depends on you. Because it's because of our voices. Well, we're going to lift up to him. We're going to set aside every heavy weight. Amen. And just only look to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray real quick. Father, we boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and worship and adoration for who you are. Lord, may today's praise and worship time be a sweet, sweet fragrance upon you. May we lay it all before you, wholehearted praise and worship in Jesus' name. Come on, here we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Jesus, Lord. You are holy. You are mighty. You are mighty. You are worthy. You are worthy. Worthy of praise. Worthy of praise. I will follow. I will follow. I will listen. I will listen. I will love you. I will love you all of my days. I will sing to and worship the King who is worthy. I will love and adore Him. I will bow down before Him. I will sing to and worship the King who is worthy.
There is power 
is what I long to do. I give you praise, for you are my righteousness. I worship you, almighty
Just stay in the attitude of worship right now. You can sit if you'd like that's here that's in the congregation. Those of you that are watching online, I hear that there's just like you're pulling it out on me, just saying that there's, I want to be obedient. I want to be obedient. I want to come to this prayer assembly. I want to come to this prayer assembly, but you're saying, I don't have the finances. If that's you in here too, just raise your hand. Take out your wallet. Just raise your hands. We're not doing anything silly with this. It's not witchcraft. We're just believing God. He's the one that finances everything anyway. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, sometimes I know that the reason we don't have is because we're not asking or, or we're not asking according to your will. But, Lord, there's people out there that want to be obedient. They want to be obedient and they want to come. They want to come to this prayer assembly. And here, even in this church, Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus and I prophesy in the name of Jesus that this week they will have the funds to come. This week, right now, in the name of Jesus, it'll come forth to them in unexpected ways. Boss will give them time off. Spouses will be fine and have peace in the home that they're coming. Lord, we're calling forth the intercessors again. Calling forth the intercessors again. You know how important it is to be with like-minded people, locking arms, not just in the spirit, but in the natural. So we just ask right now in the name of Jesus that you just pour it out, Lord. Pour it out. If that's you in here, just raise your hand. If you're online watching, just raise your hand. That's me. I need it. I just declare and I just ask right now, Lord, that it will be placed in my hands. Let me see what it is, Lord. I have faith. Before it even allows, before you even allow it to come into my hands, I have faith in the name of Jesus. Let there be increase, Lord. Increase to your people. It's time now that your people arise and come forth. It's time now that your people arise and say, we are the headship. We're the head. We're not the tail anymore. It's time for your people, Lord, to say, we are the ones that are going to have the freedom. We are the ones that are going to make the pass. We are the ones that are going to set the moral values here in this country. We're the ones that are going to speak forth the word of the Lord. We're the ones that are going to see the people healed and miracles take place. We're the ones that are going to have peace in our camp. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you provide that way. Lord, there's people that are saying, I want to be obedient. I want to be obedient. Help me to be obedient to come. In the name of Jesus, they have sacrificed, Lord. So we ask now, obedience is better than sacrifice. Now let that return come of obedience forth right now in Jesus' name. And if there's anyone here, Lord, if there's anyone here that's just struggling with being obedient to the Lord, raise your hand. Probably all of us would need to raise our hand on that one. We'll be honest with ourselves. Lord, we ask forgiveness for the times we have not been obedient to you. We have not served you the right way. Lord, I stand in the gap for my family, but right now I'm going to stand right here for myself. Lord, forgive me for times I have not been obedient to you. We repent right now in the name of Jesus. Repent in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, I'll sacrifice those things you need me to sacrifice. Because I know, because with your obedience, there's great blessings that come. 
and it removes cursings away from my family and free from me. The curses have to go because I'm obedient to you. I pray for clarity of thought, clear minds, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Let there not be confusion in your people, Lord. Let them take a stand. And when they withstand, and when they stand, and they stand, and they stand again, the evil will have to be removed. That's what we're going to do for you, God. We're going to stand together from this moment on. We're going to stand together and not fight over some kind of stupid denominational teachings. Lord, we desire to be obedient. For all those here that can be hearing in my voice, if that's you, that you say, I want to be obedient, raise your hand. Wave it to him. Lord, I want to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient to you. Help me to be obedient to you. Forgive me where I have sinned. Help me to be obedient to you. I thank you for your blessings that will come because of it. In Jesus' name, we all said what? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise in here. We're supposed to praise him when he speaks to us. Hallelujah. Here in this church, just welcome someone as you can find your place to sit. Hallelujah. Thank you, praise and worship team. Thank you. It was very anointed. Thank you. And Lord, we ask continued healing for those that got prayed for today. It'll be finalized in Jesus' name. It's time for Children's Church. So that means three-fourths of our church goes. You love the Lord this morning. That was kind of weak. Should we try that again? Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. <laughs> there we go. If anybody asks you, what are you going to say? I love the Lord. Love the Lord. Amen. Not going to be shy about it, right? You know, shyness is from the devil. You know that, right? Yep. We're supposed to be bold. Amen. So let's have the fire. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I'm sorry, I'm taking up your preaching time. Not a problem. Dear Heavenly Lord, Lord, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. And Lord, I just lift up this man of God to you. And Lord, I know that, that he is sought after you as the message that he's supposed to bring this morning. I ask that you anoint his mouth, anoint his words. Lord, everything that be said, be done and said from you. Anoint him as he brings the message. Let him feel your anointing from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And Lord, give him revelation knowledge even as he brings forth this message. Give him clarity of thought, clarity of the vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. And when the four beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat upon the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast the crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things. 
And for thy pleasure they are and were created. And Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory this morning. To you this morning we say amen, blessing, glory, and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto our God who liveth forever and ever. And Lord, we ask for your anointing in the service this morning. We ask for your anointing because there is no distance with you to touch everyone in the room and those people online and those people that will watch it later. You're anointed to touch every one of them. And that every one of them would be as though they are here and receive the same anointing, same blessing, same message. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say that we honestly do things according to the Bible as best as we possibly can, correctly. So I want to start with an example that I feel impressed to share with people because I know we have a lot of guests, a lot of people that don't know, don't understand things. I was in the same position. I remember it was uh, December 7th, 1987 was the day that I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that's a whole story that I'll skip for the moment. But about a month later I went to a full gospel businessman meeting, first time I'd ever been to one of them and Charles Doss was speaking that night, great man of God. He had an accordion, he would play the accordion and sing, and then he would stop and tell his testimony. He would play a song and sing and then stop and tell his testimony. And all of a sudden, he turns to this one woman, he says, if the, if the Lord will heal your kidney if you let me pray for you at the end of this. Now, this Baptist boy, they ain't never seen nothing like this before. So... I mean, I looked over at this lady and I thought, nah, is that real? God does that? He went back to playing his recording, telling his testimony. Directly, he stopped and says, if you'll let me pray for you, God's going to heal. And that was in something else. And he did that three or four times. I thought, really? Well, I got to check this out. And I turned over to Leslie and I said, you don't suppose, I'm sorry, it's one of those moments. I'm, I, I used not to be an emotional person, Leslie would tell. Now she, she laughs at me. We go to a movie and she's not crying and I'm the one that's crying now. So she just teehees and laughs and gets a big kick out of it. And I said, stop it. Stop bringing me to these movies like this. What? It's just a normal movie. So she, she, anyway. So I turned to her and I said, Lord, I said, Leslie, do you suppose that the Lord would use me in his service in any way? I mean, I'm so arrogant. Everybody tells me that I don't know if he could ever use me. Would you pray for me? So she prayed for me. And so he got done, and of course, when he got into his testimony, whew, the line formed really quick. And I, I'm seeing him pray for people, and sometimes he touches them, and sometimes he doesn't. And they go, clunk, and they're falling, clunk, clunk, like this. I'm thinking, really? Yeah, again, this Baptist boy, I ain't never seen nothing like this. I'm thinking, Where's this been all my life? Is this real? 
So I thought, I'm going to check it out. So I got up out of my seat. Now, you might not have done this, but see, I might have been like Thomas would have been, you know, where I, okay, let me feel the nail scars. Let, let me, let me, you, where were you stabbed? I want to feel, you know, I, even when I was around Dimitri. Sometimes proving something with God is actually good. I remember Dimitri turned, he said, he was telling me about how he was beaten up and the, the police would jump on him, trying to get him to tell how he got the Bible through. He said, feel. And you know, right here, there's supposed to be a muscle. Uh, not a muscle on him. Instead, there's a big bump over here. And he says, feel here. He had me feel his ribs. And they were like holes. And you, just could, you could tell his ribs had been caved in and, and healed back with broken ribs. I mean, all over. That's it. Uh. Okay. He was like, don't make me touch that again. It was like, how's this guy living? That's how that guy's living. So I thought, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to see if this is real. And one of these ladies that would, had been, he'd prayed for, she went clunk. And, and here's another thing. Now, if they're going down in their own power, I mean, if I'm going to fall, you know, I'm not going to let my head hit too hard. I'm going to kind of ease it down, right? <laughs> right, okay. Nah, their heads were like a basketball. Pump, 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 pump. It was bouncing. They're bouncing. I mean, they're, they're, every one of their heads lives like they're gone before they hit the ground. Uh, really? They're really out? <sighs> but I'm going to prove it. So I went up. <laughs> you probably wouldn't do this. So I went up to one of the women. And I looked. I mean, I got, <laughs> I think back now it's kind of embarrassing, but I was really checking it out. So I got right up to this woman's face and her eyes were just kind of fluttering. Like You try to make your, your eyelids flutter. Can't do it. Either they're open or they're closed. You can't make them just flutter. They were just fluttering like that. And I thought, is she really out? I looked over here, their eyes are just flat. And same thing, their, eye, their heads went boom, 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 boom. Like a basketball, dropping a basketball. I thought, they're really out? Really? Really? And then when they got up, they all started having a testimony about how God had healed them. Well, Leslie had had, and I can't get into the personal things, but there was a personal thing that we were afraid Leslie was probably going to have to have surgery over. If she wasn't going to have to have surgery, she was probably going to have to take some pills or injections for the rest of her life. Boom. Prayed for her. She's healed. She never had surgery. Problem gone. Never came back again. So I'm seeing this. I'm saying, okay, this is real. Now, I, I'm telling you this because I want... I see so we have some new people in here. I want you to know what you see up here. This is not show. This is real. Leslie's a real prophet. When she, like, like uh, I'll jump in here with my story. I'll come back to my story. We were at the last crusade. She started, she walked up and she says, The Lord told me someone has a problem with your left big toe. That's pretty specific. And I thought, no, I already know if Leslie says it's happening out there, it's 
she's really hitting it. Sure enough, this lady walked, and I got to pray for her. This lady walked up. She says, yeah, I got a problem with my left big toe. And I said, okay, let's pray for it. She took off her shoe, and her toe was like, and she's a white woman, but her toe was black. And I don't mean just her, her toenail. I mean the toe. All the rest of her foot white, this toe was black. It's like you dipped it in paint. I went, oh, don't let her see that. Oh, just pray for a stamp. She hit it. And there was three other people that came up for prayer for their left big toe. I'm saying God speaking. Anyway, so I'm seeing all this. I thought, okay, this is real. I think I'll get me a dip of this. I think I'm going to get me a bowl of this. So I'm going to go out here and check this out. Give me a slice, okay? So I was standing in line, and my back had been hurting. Now, the reason my back was hurting... I'm sure talking a lot about my testimony here tonight. All right, pause. Let me back up and explain that. So October 31st of 1989, the angel came to Dimitri that night and told him many things. And just the day before, I had prayed. And I said, Dimitri, next time the angel visits you, would you, would you ask him why he won't heal my back? Because I'm so tired of my back hurting. It just hurts all the time. And, you know, I have to drive typically an hour to work in the morning, an hour back, and, man, it, it, I can barely walk when I get there. So would you pray why, why he won't heal my back? So Michael Boldea called the morning of October 31st, Halloween Day, 1989. Stan, why do you remember this stuff? I can't tell you what I had for breakfast an hour ago, but I can remember stuff in 1989 we had to do with the Lord. So he calls, he says, the angel visited last night, pencil and piece of paper, okay, what did he say? He said, you tell Stan, I love Stan, and I love Stan's family, but you tell him I've let the sickness come upon him because he gets, does not put God in front of him. You tell Stan that if he'll put God in front of him, then he'll take the sickness away. Also, you tell Stan that if he will do what God has put on his heart to do, he will bless him more than he ever thought possible. I got it written down. Why? Because he started hitting my back to get me humble. And I like to tell you it all went away. It never comes back. But that's one of the ways God corrects me. God corrects you? Oh, yes. And if you're not getting God's correction, you should be very concerned. Those he loves, he chastens. So he loves me. So I'm standing in line. I'm and so he says, put your hands up. This is Charles Doss. Now we're back at the full gospel. You guys did follow my story, right? Okay. Back at the full gospel businessman meeting. Put your hands up. The Lord has a special... Well, I was about to say, would you pray for my back? But he grabs both hands. Put your hands up, son. He said, the Lord has a special double blessing for you, a double anointing. You're going to be a soul winner. You're going to be a fisher of men. You're going to save thousands upon thousands. And the Lord wants you to know that all of your sins have been forgiven. The thought that came to my mind at the time was, I thought they already had been. Meaning, no stand. 
you hadn't cleaned your life up enough from the old stand for those to be forgiven yet. So I'm really glad I got a second chance. Aren't you glad you got a second chance? <sighs> now, I say all of that story because I want you to know that Leslie isn't playing games. We aren't playing games here. God knows that we're playing games. So when she says somebody has a problem with your stomach, somebody has a problem with your stomach. Somebody has a problem with a big left toe, you got a problem with a big left toe. Don't sit there. That's the time to get up and get your slice of the pie. Yeah. Get your scoop of the ice cream, yeah. right? Now, if you listen to Prophecy Club, the church is not the Prophecy Club. If you want prophecy, go to the Prophecy Club. However, there are some things that I learned in preparing the Prophecy Club that will sprinkle into the messages, and this is a little sprinkle. If you listen to Prophecy Club for lots of reasons, we are about to, in my opinion, I don't know exactly when, so I'm not going to say today, but we are about to go into a time of miracles. The, our world we live in, I'm telling you, our world we live in right now is about to change. Can you remember the time not too many years ago when everything went well for America? And it was like nothing ever went wrong. Can you remember that time? But it's been a while now. But here lately, man, there's all kinds of problems going on, right? There was an earthquake in Haiti this morning. Remember the other time here, just a few years back, there was another earthquake, a really bad one in, in Haiti? Thought occurred to me, why haven't we heard about an earthquake in the Bahamas? Well, I can tell you, Leslie and I visited Haiti. We visited the Bahamas a couple of different times over the years. You go into Bahamas, you walk into a store, and they're playing praise and worship music. Almost everyone you talk to is a Christian. No, no, just not a surface Christian, but they're really serious. They're really committed in the Bahamas. But then go to Haiti. It's filled with witchcraft and shamans and all sorts of filth. Hmm. So Bahamas hasn't had an earthquake and Haiti's had two really bad ones. I wonder why. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books are open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. So we wonder why Haiti has an earthquake, and then right around the corner, Bahamas doesn't seem to have them. We heard about the giant tsunami that hit Banda Achi. Remember? In Phuket, 160,000 people killed. December 24th, 2004, I believe. Yet we haven't seen that in America. We haven't seen that in a lot of the Christian nations. And I think it has to do with our sin or our lack thereof. Now, the point of the broadcast today... <laughs> no, we're in church, Stan. The point, 
Well, one thing about it, when you mess up, everybody sees it. But <clears throat> the point of the message this morning is, I believe that the time of miracles is very, very, very close. As I've told you, promise I'm not lying, August 8th, 2015, Saturday night, Lord, what do you want to say for the sermon tomorrow morning? Because I have nothing to say. And I heard words. For the first time in my life, I heard words when I was awake. Now, I'd heard them in the night. But I, I, an audible voice spoke to me and said, this is the time of miracles. And then he spoke to my heart. In other words, the, the voice changed from an outside voice to an inside voice, but I still heard words. And it said, as the judgment hits, so will my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them, I will never leave them nor forsake them. As the devil shows up, I'm going to meet him, inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything the devil does, I'm going to be there to meet him. I believe <clears throat> that we're really, really close to that time today. I want to show you a scripture. The point is, get ready for the time of miracles. Jeremiah 16, 19 through 20, 21. If you good to go to the pre-verses, and I didn't want to for time's sake, it is absolutely positively talking about the last days. This is not talking about the days of Jeremiah. These are the days that we live in right now. Our feet are standing on this verse this morning. Jeremiah 16, 19, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge, when? What is the day of affliction? Throughout the Bible, the day of affliction is almost always talking about the seven-year tribulation, which we believe we're very close to. Boy, like Leslie said, boy, that was a weak one. You missed that moment. Another one will come along. Amen. Oh, Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. In other words, we say, oh, Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of masking. No, no, I mean in, 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 in 2021. Some of you caught that. We'll move on. Oh, Lord, my strength and my fortress and refuge of the day of affliction. The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth. So how big is this great revival going to be? From the ends of the earth. And shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies and vanity and things where is no, no profit. And have made into themselves Buddha. Or Vishnu. Or some of the other gods out there, okay? That are not gods. Therefore, this once. Only one time in all of the 6,000 year human history. Therefore, this once. I will cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might. And they shall know that my name is Jehovah. The word there for in the Lord is Jehovah. They will know. Meaning, one time in all of human history, I'm going to show my hand. I'm going to show them what I can do. I'm going to show them miracles like they've never seen. In Spirit of Prophecy Church, the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you this morning, get ready. Amen. Get ready. Come out of our complacency. Don't think that Christianity of the past is going to be the way it is in the future. Let me say it again. Don't think that the way God works in the past is the same way He's going to work in the future. Amen. Don't think that the miracles were sometimes like thereof. This is what he's going to be doing in the future. Don't think that the prayers that maybe got answered, maybe some of them didn't get answered in the past, is the way it's going to be in the future. He's saying, even the angel spoke to Dimitri, said, 
The day will come when I'll speak to all of my children then the way I speak to you now. Now, how did God speak to Dimitri? Dimitri could pray and ask God a question. He would hear an audible voice in the ear, or the angel would come in the night and tap him on the hand, wake him up and give him the answer. That's what I'm talking about. I watched a video. Somebody sent me a video and said, hey, this church is having miracles. And they were praying for this person in the, the wheelchair. And this person kind of stood up. Of course, there was two people on each other, each side of him, lifting him up out of the wheelchair. And he was standing like this. And everybody was, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let me just tell you, that's not the kind of miracles God does. When God does a miracle, they pick up their bed and they walk. They hold that wheelchair and run with it and do cartwheels. That's the kind of miracles I'm looking for. Amen. Miracles like no one has seen. What God is saying to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, in or online or in person, get ready. Get ready for a change. That doesn't mean just adjust our attitude. That means adjust our belief system. Like I talked about last week, that means don't sit there on that beach. Get up and walk down the pier and pray for that lady. I believe there's going to be a time here, perhaps very shortly, when we're going to see those kind of miracles hit. Now, let's go to some of the things. And I kept asking, Lord, why, why, are you, why, 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 why these scriptures? He said, because these scriptures are about to repeat in the lives of these people. I want you to get them ready. Get them ready. Get them ready. Are you ready for miracles? Amen. Well, of course I am. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you really? Amen. Would you have sat on the beach or would you walk down the pier? Because I sat on the beach. You heard the story. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now they're at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is in the Hebrew tongue called Bethsaida, having five porches. And, and which, by the way, Leslie and I've been there. <clears throat> and these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered. You know what blind, right? Okay, we got that. Blind halt means that they kind of, you know, they can't walk. Oh, you've seen that, okay? Withered, hands withered, feet withered, withered. They're just, they're in real trouble. The kind of things that surgery won't fix. Withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel would come down at a certain season to the pool and trouble the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Spirit of Prophecy Church, are you ready to pray for people that have had lame, halt infirmities? Firmities for 38 years. Are you ready to see that kind of power? Yes. Now, what do you mean ready, Stan? Well, I mean, we got to have a clean heart. Amen. We can't live like the world, walk like the world, talk like the world, live like the world, and expect God to use us for miracles, right? Okay. 38 years, Jesus saw him and says, what you doing here, boy? Well, I, I've been waiting here a while, but every time... I, I, I try to get up because I move slow because I've got a withered foot. You know, Every time I try to get to the pool when it's troubled, somebody else beats me there. He says, you want to be healed? Now, this is the Johnsonized version. You want to be healed? He says, yes, sir. Pick up your bed and walk it. Picked up his bed and walked. Immediately, the man was made whole 
Immediately, the man was made whole. Are you ready for this kind of miracles? Jesus simply said, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Immediately, the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Hmm. I'm ready. Well, are you really Stan? Well, I think I am. Well, you didn't do so good with that peer incident. Are you really ready? I learned my lesson. See what I'm saying? Yes, amen. Are you ready? You ready? Ready? Afterward, Jesus finds it, <clears throat> went and found the man that got whole in the temple and said to him, Behold, thou art made whole. Ooh, 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 we don't like those words. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come to thee. See, Haiti ain't got it. They keep getting hit with these earthquakes, but they keep their shamans and their witchcraft. They ain't got it. They ain't get the message. Maybe they need to look over to their fellow sister island, the Bahamas, and say, you know, maybe, maybe the Bahamas are right. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee. A man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him so whole. And there did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. See, the Jews are all into this formality. They put God in a box. Well, you got to do this. It's a works thing, right? Jesus said, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. <clears throat> Therefore the Jews sought, to kill, sought the more to kill him. Because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making him equal himself, equal to God. They didn't get it. What he was subtly trying to say is you're supposed to recognize, without me having to come out and say it, yes, I am Jesus, I am the Christ, I am the Messiah, I am the door, I am the way, I am the Christ, I am the, the righteous judge, I am he. But that's what they wanted to hear. But then if he'd have said that, they wouldn't have, they'd have just crucified him all the faster. So Jesus said to them, remember this verily, verily, right? What does verily, verily mean? Every time we see verily, verily, it means that the writers of the Bible wanted to make it thicker and heavier for us to have to carry it around. Because the writers of the Bible, of course, were not inspired, or were they? Yes, of course they were. So that means God didn't put extra words in there for nothing. He put verily, verily in there because it plays twice. It plays once in the natural now, but it also plays again. So he says, verily, verily, is saying to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he seeth the potter, a father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. What's the second? What's the second verily? That's the first verily. What's the second verily? You. He that believeth on me. Come on, come on. And the works that I do, greater works shall he do because I go to the Father. So the second verily is us. He's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, get ready for the miracles. Not the false stuff, not the showy stuff that we've seen in the past, but the real McCoy. Yeah, the real thing. Get ready for it. Get ready to pray. Amen. Step out. Don't sit there on the beach. Go down on the pier. Yep. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. 
And it will show him greater works than these. He will show him greater works. And did they show Jesus? Did Jesus do greater works in the flesh or greater works in the spirit after he left? The greater works is in what? Us, right? We're the second fulfillment of that. Is that what he's saying? No. Or wait a minute. Yes or no? Yes or no, this is the correct answer. <laughs> you like these uh, fill-in-the-blank open book tests, right? <clears throat> yes. He will show him greater works than these. Us! That you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead, as the Father raises up the dead, so will the Spirit of Prophecy Church, so will all of my believers. Amen. The Father raises up the dead and quickens them. Even so, the Son quickens whom he will. And the second verily is, and so will you. The Father judges no man. This is important. It doesn't relate a whole lot here. But the Father judges no man, but committed all judgment unto the Son. So, <clears throat> who is the righteous judge at the great white throne? Jesus. Who is the righteous judge at the judgment seat of Christ? Jesus, wait a minute, that's getting complicated. What, what are you talking about? Well, just so happens, I can explain that. Back up, back up. All right, here we go. So, I'm not going to take a lot of time in this. Some of you are familiar with this. Some of you don't know, but there are seven feasts. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost is four, trumpets is five. Great white throne or atonement is the sixth one. Tabernacles is the seventh one. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven feasts. When Jesus returns the next time, he will return on first fruits. He will resurrect 144,000 one year old Jewish boys. They will walk around on the earth for 50 days. And then upon the Pentecost, the very last Pentecost, that's when the dead will rise first. All of the dead in Jesus. Then go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, we only get a wedding garment, and then four months later, a white horse returned with him on. Jesus, however, is changed from Lamb of God to become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's changed from being the Prince of the Kings of the Earth to become the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's given vesture, dipped blood, and a white horse. About four months later, he returns for Armageddon with us in following on white horse. So he returns, we're following him. And this is the day of judgment. This is the feast of trumpets. And I've covered that a lot of times, so I'll move on. And then 10 days later is the feast of atonement, which is the great white throne. This is the judgment seat of Christ, the great white throne. Jesus is the judge at both of them. Now, let me back up to where we were here. Here we go. So, Jesus judged, our Father judges no man. Not the Father. He has committed all judgment unto the Son. That all men should honor the Son, even the honor of the Father, even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son, honors not the Father, which has sent him. You remember, they turned to Jesus, and his reply was, have I not told you before, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because Jesus is the flesh part of God the Father, which is like the intelligence or the brain. 
And then the Holy Spirit is the seven lamps of fire burning for the throne of God, the seven horns, seven eyes sent forth unto all the earth. <clears throat> okay, I saw another verily, verily. Here we go. Here's another verily, verily, which means the next coming is going to repeat. I say unto you, he that heareth my word, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life. That's us. And shall not come into condemnation, but shall be passed from death to life. That's the first verily. What's the second verily? Us, right? He's saying, So I say to you, Spirit of Prophecy Church, if you hear my word and believeth on him that sent me, you'll have everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but be passed from life to death, and you shall also pass that on to others as a soul winner, right? Here's the verily, verily again. I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is that the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and so those that hear shall live. Now, when does that take place? Come on, come on, come on, go. Here we go. Back. I feel like I'm talking to my horse. Back. Okay, again, Jesus returns the next time here for the Feast of, uh, Feast of First Fruits, walks around, goes to the marriage supper, returns here. This is what he's talking about here. The, the dead in Christ shall rise here. The dead in Christ rises here again for the second resurrection. And then if you can look at real small, the third resurrection takes place here. Now back, 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 back. Here we go. I read that. Here we go. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son, hath life in himself. He hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now this is one of those two judgments, and I won't get into all the complicated part of there, get me off subject here. I'm going to skip that too. I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear a judge. Spirit of Prophecy Church, of our own self, we can do nothing. The foundation of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That's not quoted exactly. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And the beginning of service in, in the ministry is understanding we can't do anything. We can't. It's, if Unless you abide in the vine, you can do nothing. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. He's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, if you try to do this yourself, it ain't going to happen. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which witnesseth of me is true. You sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I received not my test, but I received not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. Jesus was a burning and a shining light, and you're willing for a season to rejoice in his light. So this is saying to us, we can't do it, but we have to believe that through us, he is going to work those miracles. We have to believe that. But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given to me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me. As these miracles hit, they will bear witness that we're telling them the truth about Jesus. As the Father sent Jesus, this is my writing, 
Jesus sends us to do his work. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. As we walk about doing his works, as we walk about preaching Jesus, laying hands on, seeing the miracles, those will bear witness that what we're saying, yes, Jesus really is the Christ. Look, there's a lot of people, you're looking at your Buddhists, your, your Muslims, your Hindus, a lot of the people out there, they, a lot of them are more dedicated to their God, more dedicated to their religion than Christians. I was just talking with a Muslim, uh, nice, friendly guy, Friday, and I said, so are you one of those casual Muslims or are you a really dedicated Muslim? He looked at me and he said, I'm a really dedicated Muslim. Guess what? If you ask that question of almost any Muslim out there, guess what answer you get? Do you know what Islam means? Islam means, I forget exactly the word, but it's like dedicated. You don't find backsliders in Muslims hardly at all. You don't find cold, uh, distant, pew warmers as Muslims. They're dedicated. I remember when we were in Turkey, woke up at four o'clock in the morning, and I won't try to make the sound because it would be making fun of it. <clears throat> but I got woke up at four o'clock in the morning with this call to prayer. You know what I'm talking about. It's all of the men, not the women, all of the men get up every morning at four o'clock and they gather together, they put down their little rugs and they get on their knees before their God and they have to touch their forehead to the mat and worship their God. Oh, that's pretty dedicated. No, that's not dedicated. They do it five times a day. They stop work in the afternoon to do it. They pray with their forehead to the ground five times a day. Now, we Christians think we've done God a big favor if we just attend church once in a while and maybe even drop a coin or two, you know, tip God. I think that's a long way from what God is really wanting. What do you think? And ye have not this word abiding in you. For whom ye have sent, him ye believe not. Search the scriptures. So if we want to be a part of the end time service to God, that's part of it. Search the scriptures. For in them you think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. How am I doing on time? Okay. Ah, back up. So here's the story of them feeding the 5,000. Why is this even in here? We're coming to a time, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, receive a mark on the right hand and their forehead. He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, receive a mark on the right hand. He causeth. And that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. He's saying, just like these people were fed from five loaves and two fishes. Guess what? Those kind of miracles we're about to see again. That's why he's wanting me to tell you this story. You remember the story. So they came up. Jesus saw him walking from, the story goes like this. Jesus saw him walking from a long well. A big crowd of people, about 5,000 people. 
Because they'd heard his radio broadcast? No. Because they'd seen his TV? No. Because they saw the miracles. And then they come and he even says, you're not really gathering because of the miracles, you're gathering for food. They're still, they still don't have the right attitude. So he says, okay, sit down. After he sees the great company come to him, he said, uh, the, the disciples said to him, do we need to go get some food for these people? They found one boy, had five barley loaves and two small fishes. What happens? So he takes them. After he distributes them and the people eat, they gather up the fragments, nothing be lost, fill 12 baskets from the fragments after 5,000 people ate. In these days, when he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on the right hand, or on the forehead, and no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. I believe, and some people have seen dreams of, in those days, people praying, bowing their head before an empty plate, giving thanks, opening their eyes, and the plate is filled with food. Oh, that would be a miracle. God wouldn't do that. No, and God wouldn't feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes either. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Greater works. Gentiles shall come to thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies and vanity and things when there's no profit, and made in themselves gods that are not gods. Therefore, this one time, I'm going to show them my hand and my mind. And I really believe that judgment is about to hit the land, and sometimes that's a good thing. Like right now, how many of your friends want nothing to do with Jesus? They want nothing to do with going to church. They don't need God. Right? I don't need God. I got a dry place to sleep. I got food. I got water. I got everything. I don't need God. So guess what God is going to do? He's going to show them, uh, yes, you do need me. That's right. All right. God and I are having an argument at the moment. <clears throat> guess who's going to win? So I'm impressed to tell you this story. This was maybe three years before I even met Leslie. Suffice to say I hadn't been in church in years. And at that point, I was not living for God. I was out in the world. And I just walked, it was probably eh, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Walked out of a meat market, if you know what I'm talking about. And I was walking to my car, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I've told the story a couple of times. I heard words, not here, but here. And they said, when are you coming back to me? And I stopped. And I thought about it for a second. And I knew who it was. And I looked up, and I remember there was a a light pole with those lights up there, bugs flying around it. And I looked up and I said, well, I'm just not done sinning yet. I'm gonna have to put you back on the shelf a little while longer. Wow. Say it, brother. Wrong answer. 
Wrong answer. Now, I cannot tell you how many times in my prayer closet I have fallen on my face and I thank the Lord for that moment because I was out in the world and I was not going to heaven at the time. But God came and got me. So, God gave me 30 days. Okay? Gotta put me on the shelf. Put me on the shelf. You got 30 days. 30 days later, he arranged for me to get myself into a crack. Only a few feet from where I said that. In the same parking lot. Get myself in a crack. And I recall thinking, okay, I guess it's time to go back to the Lord. Now, the crack was so big, I don't even want to tell you about the crack. It's embarrassing. It's one of the worst times of my life. It's humiliating, and I got a crack on the head that got my attention. And that's really all you want to hear about it, and that's all I want to say about it. But that crack on my head got my attention, and I thought, okay, uh, wrong answer. You're the boss, we'll do it your way. And that was, I was hitting, I was, I was, how's it go? I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, a sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me. That was the turnaround in my life. If that had not happened, I wouldn't be standing here today. So if God has not corrected you, made a big change in your life, See, the ones that are shaking their heads right now, they know what I'm talking about. And that's a good thing. But the ones that are going, you don't know. But it's coming. Right? If you don't walk with the Lord, it's coming. Right? Right? He's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, get rather ready to gather up fragments. Get ready to gather my people. Get ready to preach, to tell people about Jesus, to lay hands on people. Get ready to see. And you may be saying, well, I don't know how to do that. God teaches. If he can teach someone that doesn't even know gold work to make an Ark of the Covenant, doesn't understand how to make a temple that has never even been made before, if he can teach them, he can teach us to do it. So, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, they said, this is the truth, that a prophet should come into the world. See, this prophet that he's talking about here, this was prophesied to them by Moses. And as God starts using you to walk and work in these miracles, it is going to be proof. The word that you're giving them is true. Yes, Jesus is real. Those, that's, that's the world that we're about to come into. It's a different world.
By the way, you did speed read and get all of this stuff in there, right? <laughs> I always put more, but the point's made, right? The point, the point is what? Get ready for miracles, right? Now a little bit of good news. So David Phillips worked part-time with Prophecy Club for probably eight years. He's been here in the church. I've prayed for him right here in the church. He said, he called me about a week ago. He said, I had a dream that I was at Stan's church. Not many people were there, and Stan and Leslie were getting ready as they usually do. While outside, I noticed an old billboard that was dainty that was once used for trying to get people to come into the church. When Stan came by, I asked him if I could talk to him. He said, sure. I said, he's strange. At first, Stan was surprised. Then I said, this billboard, uh, I said that his billboard needed to be bold. I said he needed two bold lines, the words prophecy and current events. Now, pause a second. David has had several of the dreams specifically for me or the ministry, and they have been accurate. And so he's proved his accuracy, and I believe, I know that this is of God. Two bold lines, prophecy and current events, to attract people's attention. I said that he got this church... I said he got this church to be off the main road to attract people, but was not attracting people because he was trying to look like or blend into other churches. That's true. Too many times, Spirit of Prophecy Church has tried to act like or look like the other churches in an attempt to try to draw them in. What he's saying is that's wrong. That's the wrong way to draw them in. I then looked into the parking lot. New people, new people started coming in in a few cars. I quickly made sure that all that I was all ready and then sat on a bench in the parking lot. I saw new people in cars streaming into the church parking lot, so many that I was concerned that if I would be able to get them a chair. Amen. Amen. That'd be good, right? Right? Okay. To get to get them a chair. But I would sit outside for a while and people would feel comfortable and come into church. We'd not even changed the sign. We'd not even changed the sign in front yet, yet, and put it out, and people were already streaming into the church and filling the parking lot. And I awoke. He called me with this dream. So, I believe it's from God. So I thought, okay, well, if we were going to turn this into a sign, it might look something like this. So Friday, I went. Can you dim the front lights here so they can see that a little bit better? Yep, there you go. You like that? So that's the sign that I signed the document and gave you a down payment check to buy. That's the way it'll look. Now that's on the front. The red letters will not be lighted. Prophecy, current events will not be lighted. But the sign in the middle will be lighted. Then the sign on the side will look like that except for all of the light, all of these will be lighted. The prophecy, the logo, and current events will, and these, this is one foot tall letters, okay, will all be lighted. Now, I think this will be helpful, but as you know, most people, very few people come to the parking lot here, right? However, what about this one? Whataburger? Yeah, they cycle through Whataburger. My guess is probably a thousand cars a day cycle through Whataburger. And that's going to be a lighted sign. You see those little poles going up there? Okay. And there's currently a, a, light, a sign like right there from the previous church that was here. 
So we're, nevertheless, we're going to get that all set up. But that's not all. So they designed this for me Friday afternoon. And I called David. And I had him email the signs over to them, basically saying, does this fulfill the, the requirements of what you saw in the dream? And I'm thinking I'm going to hear a yes, good job, well done, you know, well done, you did good. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> he said, no, it's not enough. He said, you also need to have a sign, <coughs> like a little A-frame billboard sign. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> also, flags. So this is like an eight foot tall flag. And so I designed something like this. It's just, uh, this is where I wrote out the check. This is the bottom part of the check. And it says, Spirit of Prophecy Church. Now this may change, but what I saw is kind of the outside in red, the background in white, and then the letters in blue. These are eight foot tall signs. One would be over there near where you come in at Whataburger. One would be over there where you come in at Whataburger. So as they drive down, they see these flags blowing in the wind. And then this would have prophecy, credit events, spirit of prophecy church, and our times that we meet. So what do you think? It only took us 17 years to get a sign. Because every time, you know, well, you know, we're about to move. We're going to get a better place. Well, it finally came down to, no. Right now, you need to get a sign. So this is what the Lord's been saying. So this is what we have planned. And I have given them a down payment. And so they're supposed to be putting in the sign like in the next four weeks. Now, the what? Oh, <laughs> water church next to Whataburger. Okay, very good. Uh, so anyway, in uh, Exodus 35, God had told him to make a tabernacle, a congregation of the children of the Lord. He says, and this is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Now this is the important part. Whosoever is a willing heart, let him bring it an offering unto the Lord. Gold, silver, brass, checks, dollars, in other words, whatever, however you want to, want to give, okay? And every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded. So I thought that I would scan in the actual invoice and show you the invoice and tell you how much this, these signs are going to cost. Suffice to say, it made me uh, swallow a little bit when he told me the amount. But he doesn't want me to tell you the amount. What I was impressed to simply say, matter of fact, I tried to scan in the, the invoice. Would not scan in. My scanning wouldn't work. So I took the invoice that he emailed me. I tried to place the invoice into the PowerPoint. It wouldn't place. I'm thinking, I tried it several times. I could what? Something wrong with it. I turned the computer off and I couldn't get it. So that's when the Lord kind of spoke to Mars and says, no. I want them to give those people that are willing because why would we put up a sign? Not for me or Leslie. It's not to make money. It's because there are lost souls out there that need to see that sign. 
There are other people that are in sleepy, uninformed churches that really he wants to use in bigger, better ways. He wants to build up his kingdom. Remember, he, he spoke tomorrow and said, he's calling me to build an army of end-time prophecy teachers working miracles. That sign right there, it'll say, okay, at this church there's prophecy and current events, Spirit of Prophecy Church. Now, I understand not everybody's going to be interested in that. I got it. But there are some people that this is exactly what they're looking for, right? And if they cycle through Whataburger, they're probably close enough to come. Meaning, this is really an outreach. This is really a soul-winning event. And that's the reason he spoke to me to have you just say, look, if you have a willing heart, if you want to help, then now would be a real good time for you to, to help. So I gave him half down, half is due in about four weeks when the sign is put up. Now I gave that in faith, but then yesterday when I woke up from my afternoon nap, the Lord spoke to my heart also saying, you need to watch your dollars. In other words, your things are about to get tight for you. In other words, you're maybe overspending a little bit, but I know God will take care of it. And whether it's you, whether it's someone in Australia or someone in England, somebody someplace, God will speak their heart and it'll be okay. It'll be okay. So anyway, that's what we're doing. And I believe that that's going to bring some exciting new faces in here. Yes, the right people. So let me conclude with this. <clears throat> I'll tell you one more story. In 1989, we invited Ron Wyatt, and also Henry Gruber, but I'm talking about Ron Wyatt, to come and speak to the Full Gospel Businessmen when we were living in Omaha. And when he was coming in town, he asked me if he could stay at a hotel. I said, well, no, no, no. We want, you, we want that anointing to come into our house. Please stay with us. So I talked him into staying with us. And he showed all of his stuff about how he had found the Ark of the Covenant, Noah's Ark, the crossing side of the Red Sea, the, the archaeological evidence that proved that the tomb that they say is uh, Gordon's Calvary is actually archaeological, the real tomb that Jesus was laid in. About three months later, we get a letter. It says, hey, I'm getting up a group of people to go over and see Noah's Ark and go to Israel and see all these archaeological things. Would you like to come? Seemed like the price of like $1,200 a person, maybe it's $1,500. I do know that I gulped when I thought, oh man, we have that kind of money. But at the same time as I saw it, I thought, I'm going. So I walked into the bathroom. Leslie's putting on her makeup at the time. I laid down the piece of paper and I said, I'm going. She took one glance at it and said, I'm going too. I said, well, you know, we don't have the money for me to go much less you go. <laughs> you men already know I already made a mistake by saying that. Well, would you believe two weeks later, God arranged for extra business to come in that covered for our finances and also the, the sales numbers that I needed to maintain? And we went and saw these things. And I think that I sometimes wonder if I'd said, well, God, if you'll send the money, I'll go. I wonder if he'd have sent the money. I'm not certain he would have. Sometimes God wants to see us step out in faith. Now, tie that to the, the solemn assembly that we have coming up. Solemn assembly, September the 6th. 
through September the 8th. I think too many times we say, God, if you send the money, I'll go. I think what he's looking for is someone of faith that says, I'm going. I'm not going to meet Stan or Leslie. I'm not going because uh, I want to meet other people. I'm going because I think my country needs my prayers and I want to kick the devil in the teeth and I want to see my nation given more time. And that's the reason we're calling people to come to the solemn September assembly. We're asking people to gather under one name to pray for one thing, America. One name, Jesus. In other words, leave all of your denominational differences, all of your axes to grind in the car. Leave them all at home. We're going to gather under just one name. I don't care what your denomination is. I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't care if you believe in once saved all. I don't even believe you. I don't even care if you're pre-trip. I don't care. Come. If you believe in the name of Jesus, come. Pray under one name, Jesus, to do one thing. Pray for America. We're not praying for our church. We're not praying for our family. We're not praying for the people. We're praying for one thing, America. So can we gather and fast for 48 hours to pray for, under one name, Jesus, pray for one thing, America? We had 460 people gather for this last year. That wasn't enough. So we had another one 30 days later. The solemn October assembly had 160 people in Topeka for that. At last check, we now have about 120 people signed up. Is that enough to save America? I don't know. But I know that we need every beating heart we can possibly get. We need every Christian that believes that America's in trouble. If you believe in Dimitri's warning, if you believe in Bible prophecy, if you believe America needs your prayers, then we need you to come. What you do is go to watchmanstrumpet.com. Tells you all about it and get all signed up. Why do you ask $25 to come? Because we don't want to be as you recall, DJT had a meeting and a bunch of evil people went in and signed up and took to all the places and nobody basically showed up at this because somebody else had already reserved all of the places. So we figured, well, if we put a $25 donation on there, we'll at least know that they're really, really going to come, or at least a high probability. And of course, there are some expenses in putting this thing on. You know, we got ministers, we're flying in and hotels and stuff like that. Besides that, <clears throat> if you understand what trouble America is in, if you want to be in the best prayer meeting you've ever been in your life, where people are willing to spend $25, willing to fast for 48 hours, willing to keep that microphone going for 48 hours straight to pray for our nation, if that's the kind of Christian you are, then your country needs you. Here's the way it works. Thank you. We start with a shofar, blows seven long, loud, total breath blasts. And yes, some of them sound like a pig cotter under a gate, but we don't care. <laughs> Blowing a shofar is not easy. We start with that. We do praise and worship a couple of times a day, but most of it is five-minute prayers. You're limited to the maximum of five minutes. Now, if you want to pray more than five, go to the end of the line. But there's literally someone standing there with a stopwatch, and, it, and it, at 4 minutes and 40 seconds, it says 20 seconds. And then at 5 minutes, your time is up. Your time is up. Your time is up. 
And about the third time, there's someone grabbing the microphone and switching it off. So you are limited to five minutes. But I'll tell you what, I've seen some of the most powerful praying in my entire life there. I had a pastor stop me. He says, my wife didn't want to come to this. She was afraid she didn't know how to pray. She said, but she's home watching, and she is so fired up. She loves this. She says she's learned how to pray now. I will say that I think, to a certain degree, I think we all learned how to pray. I mean, I'm talking about how to pray and rip the heart out of the devil. I'm talking about how to pray and shake the throne of heaven. Because we're praying for our nation. If we don't save America, look, Jesus gave us all power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. He gave us that power and authority. He's sending us messages saying, it's close, it's close, it's now, get ready, get ready, get ready. I believe <clears throat> that there is at least a 51% chance that by September the 6th, the internal revolution spoken of by Demetri or given to Dimitri Dudem in 1984 will be in full swing. And something in my heart, I believe God has laid in my heart the whole time, I believe it's going to be full. I believe it's going to be packed. I also suspect, as Coverstone was told, he saw the mighty rushing wind come into the room of people that were praying. Now, he didn't say it was at the solemn September assembly. He was not told it's 2021, but there's, in my opinion, a very good possibility. It may very well be that we see tongues of fire set on people at that meeting. It may very well be that the troops rolling in and taking over Washington, D.C. is, and as the judgment hits, so will my miracles. I want to be in a meeting that's praying for my nation. I want to be in that meeting. And you get there by going, well, wait a minute, aren't you going to do it uh, streaming online? Yes. But if you notice, Jesus did not say, I want you to hang around in Jerusalem and be sure and watch the stream of them watching and praying in the upper room. Sure, you can pray online. But wherever two or more are watching streaming in my name, no, no. Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be also. I think it's more powerful. And I think if you'll say, I'm going, then the money will come in. The days off, the whatevers, the whatevers, the whatevers that have to, to, to be for you to be there. I want to be 20 years down the road <clears throat> telling my friends or telling my children or telling my grandchildren in my case, let me tell you about a meeting we had back in 2021. We called it Solemn September Assembly. Our nation was in such dire straits, we weren't convinced that it was going to even continue much longer. But Christians gathered. Christians gathered under one name to pray for one thing, the name of Jesus, and we tore down the foundations of heaven Amen. to destroy the works of darkness. Amen. Destroy. And in the name of Jesus, we send out the ministering, protecting, guardian, warrior angels to destroy evil principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and evil in high places. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's what it's about. Okay, so I'm going over. Um, I recommend you become a ministry member and go to Prophecy Club or SpiritProphecyChurch.com and you can find out at becoming a member. 
Also, if you're watching online, click like, share, and click subscribe. And also, <clears throat> ask Jesus into your heart. If you have asked another God to be your God, that can all be forgiven. Amen. You can be washed clean. You can be given another chance. And I'm going to put up these scriptures for you to read through. That'll explain. But what we're going to do is just pray a really short prayer. It's simple. 60 seconds. The next 60-second prayer can mean life and death for you eternally. Let's all pray it. Bow our heads. No one's looking around. Let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth, and I believe with my heart that Jesus is the Christ. I rose from the dead. I received his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, and to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, send me an email to this email address so that it'll confirm Matthew 32 and 33. Matthew 10, 32 and 10, 33. Also, <clears throat> if you have prayer requests and you're in the, the room, come on up, be happy to pray for you. And we're also going to take an offering. And remember that your offering is not just for the church today, but it's also for that church sign. And yes, we could use your help there. God bless you. Thank you for watching online. And thank you for being here. God bless you.